If you can't deliver the service, you can't bill. So focus on your service managers. All right, welcome to the Field Famous Podcast, brought to you by Field Routes, a show that shines a light on the field service industry and the dedicated professionals that grind every day on their journey to success. I am your host, Christopher Fasano. Before we begin, I just want to remind everybody the best way to receive new episodes of this podcast is to subscribe to your favorite pod player. Now, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, you can listen and find this show. It's also available, this show, on YouTube. So if you, if you prefer to watch the interviews and see it that way, please subscribe on YouTube. And last but not least, please leave us a five-star review. That way other people will find the show uh, a bit more easily, obviously, if you're enjoying it. But we know you will because we have another great guest today. So let me introduce our guest. Our guest today is Phil Cooper, uh, CEO, Chief Transformation Officer, which I love, by the way, of Transforms. Phil, are you ready to be Phil Famous? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So Phil, Phil and I were just talking before we got on about, we got to start with the Super Bowl because Phil is a diehard Birds fan. He's an Eagles fan. Um, I am a Giants fan, but apparently that dynamic he's used to because his wife is a diehard Giants fan. And I'm saying, man, that must be that must get tough on Sunday sometimes. <laughs> Every day of the week. <laughs> Every day of the week. So Philly is going to be at the game, right? You're going to be at yep. the Super Bowl. Is this your first Super Bowl? It will be our second. Your, so your second Super Bowl. Free. Okay. Yep. Did you see the Eagles win yet? Have you seen the Eagles win? In the Minnesota, yes, we did. Okay, you did. All right, so this is great. So the, the, you must be, and you said that you're a, uh, a section leader, right? Yeah. And what absolutely. is the responsibilities of a section leader? Well, one responsibility is you try to let people that come in with opposite teams jersey not to get killed. So. <laughs> and in Philly, that's you, got, you really got to you really got to. I, I try to coach. Them. You got to take that no, but, seriously. But oh, my, my 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 uh, my real my real obligation is just to get the section get around, going. lead the cheers, do the Eagles cheers, and yep. my wife wants to know how I don't hurt my body parts, which I do. And you you're know, you're you're in full gear, right? You're green faced. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah. So I get painted on night games, playoffs, and Dallas. Do you do that? Who so, does that? By the way. So I, I have a um, I have a great friend who's an amazing artist back home. Tried to get her to come out to Arizona. She's not here. So the whole painting thing in Arizona it will be a little bit tricky. But I'll get painted on Saturday and I'll be uh, in my nice. war paint ready to go. Nice. And, uh, Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's it'll what's be, up. Uh, it'll be the deal. Well, I, and by the way, the, the kids turned out okay. The, the kids are the kids are fine. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to say good luck, but you know, as a Giants yep. fan, I mean, you know, good. Chris, good, my good wife can hang. Good luck. Good luck, Phil. I hope you she, do real well. I hope you do well. Chris, Laura can hang out with you. That's that's Let's go, Laura. Right. Let's go, Blue. All right. So, <laughs> Phil. People, um, they're like, Chris, you, you started talking about this before you told us who Phil is. So, Phil, introduce yourself, please, and let us know, you know, this is in the context of, of what you do. So, give us a little background on yourself and how you got into the space. Yep. So, I am a, you know, I, I grew up in the pest control industry. So, I was the um, second generation owner of Cooper Pest Solutions back in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. And we uh, we, we grew to the 30 you know, to uh, the largest privately held pest control company in the United States, in New Jersey, and 20, you know, out of, um, and 54th largest in, out of 20,000 in the United States. So we yes. made, we were really, we, we, we had quite the, uh, quite the operation. I started with, gosh, when I came in, we had about seven people working for us. We ended up with 110. Wow. We did well, really cool. And um, went from there. When and, was, when uh, was that time frame, Phil? When was so, that? So, 
came in in 84 okay. and grew to $11 million you know, by the time we sold in 18. Okay. What I can tell you, Chris, is that a you know, lot of bumps and bruises on the way, lots of learning Course. lessons. And, Course. Uh, but I, you know, I'm pretty confident you know, that you know, if we were in that same trajectory over you know, 34 years now, that we would. Um, so you're you're yeah. you're would it be the first guest where the where the phone goes off? So you're all good. Don't worry. And of yeah, course, that, that was, that was, it typically happens with Eagles fans, so it's all good. Don't worry I had it on snoo- I had it on mute, and that didn't quite work, did it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Just like most so, Eagle fans, mute doesn't yeah. work, Phil. You can't doesn't mute, work. Can't mute them. Can't mute them. Sorry, doesn't go ahead. work. Go ahead. So in the meantime, you know the um, we uh, bottom line is you know we we could grow it much faster. I mean if you know with all the lessons learned now. You know, what I'm watching in the industry, in the pest control industry, and I think for any field service for that matter, is the upward trajectory of companies is far significant. You know, my generation, we grew slow and steadily, 10 to 20 percent, sometimes, you know, faster, but not at, you know, triple digit rates. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's watching what's, you know, what, you know, breaking those paradigms and and watching scale and, and watching what's happening in industry right now and, and the lessons they learned from my generation is just, you know, freaking amazing. So I'm, I'm listening and I say, well, what are the bumps and bruises, Phil? Because I want to avoid breaking my arm and breaking my leg here and there. Like, is that so you, you, you've now taken this all of this expertise and your experience and you're, uh, you yeah. put it into a business, right? And so you're helping and doing these things. So you clearly you have a formula, if you will. You have a, a I don't want to. Is it a system? Tell me what, 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 what it, how you put it into. So we've really, really thin sliced into one segment of field service, whether it's pest, con- pest control or you know, a security, you know, at your home or whether it's landscaping, every one of those companies has technicians in the field. Right. And where we thin slice in is to write into the service manager, that frontline manager delivering that service. Nobody's ever really figured out, you know, what are the activities and cadence and execution of those people? What should they be doing on an everyday basis to make their people great? Phil, can I ask you why them though? Can I ask why you focused on that? Do you feel that that is the most important thing? Or, or is it just there's, there's, there in your experience, if you get that right, a lot of everything falls in line. Well, in a field service company, you know, the the primary driver of of their profitability is gross margin, gross profit, right. and the drivers of gross profit are frontline service managers. It's those technicians. That is, you know, I used to say at Cooper. They were the heart of the organization, and people would go, "Well, you know, does that diminish like everybody else?" And it isn't. But if you don't deliver service, you that is your product. I don't care. You can sell all day. You can bill all day. You can have great customer service. But if you can't go and deliver the service, right. you don't What bill. do you got? Right. You don't bill. Right. That is your billable dollars. And so the real question is, you know, do we, have we really maximized that? Have we taken those service managers and really taught them what it takes to make their people great? I mean, okay. that's ultimately, truly the ultimate question. And so the answer is we haven't, and it's not just pest control, it's anywhere. So we really started focusing on, you know, why is that? And so pretty simple. I mean, and you, and you get this, Chris, I mean, where do we find these managers from? They come from our best technicians right? and, you know, these guys and gals, by the way, we had a lot of late, we had a lot of women technicians 
and managers at Cooper. That's great. It was awesome. That's awesome. But, you know, you take these guys and gals and, you know, they had probably, oh, by the way, I am expecting that alarm to go off again because I think I hit snooze and not stop. That's okay. So I'll ignore you'll, it. You'll, I'll ignore we'll, it like we'll, all we'll Eagles. Kill, we'll, I'll ignore it like all Eagles fans. It's all good. We will kill that when it happens. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting <laughs> okay. something bad to happen okay. before it happens. So we, we, we get those people and, you know, these got people and we make them a manager. And what do they have? You know, some of them have a college education. Most of them don't. You know, they have a high school education. They haven't been to school in ages. And we put them into maybe a leadership class or we have them read a few books. We have them in a book club. Maybe we send them to a trade association meeting and they go hear a few speakers and they come back. And do they really utilize what they've learned? Some of it, but they really don't. And what we what we failed what we failed to recognize for years what we found is that they just simply don't know the acti- the things that they should be doing day in and day out and know how to execute those things to make those people that right. they are managing great and they don't and they have to learn how to love those people that's they just got to love those people but you also have to have um, you being a business or maybe maybe you'll tell me that's not correct. I'm a business, and I have these I have these technicians, I have these service people. They're going out. I have to identify. I the business have to identify who would make the better manager, or who's a manager every per- day of the week. Right. It's not it's not everybody can do it. So so it's also you know it's when you identify X, Y, and Z. These are these would be good potential managers. There's a system. I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in them. I'm gonna do yep. all this. But you have to have the eye for it. And do all businesses know that? How do I know yep. if I'm a shop? How do I know how to do that? They don't. They don't. And, you know, we see this in sales a lot. You know, you know you'll know, you hear and, you know, from a sales perspective, great the great salespeople don't necessarily make a great sales manager. Well, no different for a service manager. Not everybody is going to make a great, you know, service manager because you're a great technician. You know, I have a great story back at Cooper. We had this, we had a, this ama- what was the predecessor to what we do is we created a, a leadership program to identify those next great leaders. And, and the background as to why we did that and how we got there is a, is a story unto itself and one of those bumps and bruises. Mm. But during the process, um, you know, of the people that entered the program, only really 25% came out the other end. And there was this one guy, Randy, and Randy was amazing. And Randy um, wanted to be the next manager. And what he found out was that he didn't want to be the next manager. What he wanted to be was an educator. And, right. and it's amazing. And, you know, people think that when to be, you know, that success is promotion, that you're not, you know, unless you get promoted, you haven't achieved. And that, to me, that just is so wrong. I mean, it's okay to be just great at what you do and it's okay to be happy with what you just do. There's nothing wrong with becoming a, the best pest control technician that you could be or the best security installer that you could possibly be. What What's wrong with that? And there's nothing wrong with that, but we don't view it that way. But, and we but, don't teach it that can, way. Can I, can I push back on that just for a second? Because someone listening might say, and I agree with that, but I'm just saying, let's say you have the, uh, I, I want to, I have no desire to be a manager. I, I am perfectly fine being this technician. I'm going to be the best one possible and I'm totally comfortable where I am, but there still has to be a way for them to be rewarded, to grow yes. in that role, right? It's not that, the, it, 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 can't, it can't just be that like, listen, you are where you are and we really love you and appreciate you. We'll take care. They, there has to be a personal gain, whether that's a, whether it's not, it's a title thing is a, yep. is a different story, right? So that also has to be baked into this, this Every- sort of business model. You couldn't, you, you, you've spot, you've hit it spot on. And, you know, if you have to give, you know, if there's a takeaway for anybody listening to this, it's you've got to know what is driving your people 
and help them achieve it. We call that 1053. You know, we want to know, we want that service manager to know where their each of their individual direct reports or technicians in this case want to be 10 years from now, 5 years from now, and 3 years from now, personally and professionally. And it may not be with your organization. Right. What do that's you do? Okay. Well, what do you, what do you do with okay. that? That's okay, right? Like you can't I'll penalize it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it every day of the week. If I look, if I can get two amazing years out of a person and help them achieve their dreams. Right. Phew, right. Every day of the week. Right. It's true. You know, it's it's my 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 boss right now will say, My job is for your your my job is for you to take my job. In other words, our our job as a leader, as a manager, is to get the people below us to eventually be so good that now to a fault, they either leave to get my position somewhere. Okay. But the point is you're you're investing, you are training, you are building good people. And who knows, maybe they stay with you. Maybe you change that two years to four years. If they say, you know what, Phil, I'm out of here in three, they end up staying six. And that's just because of the relationship there. So you can't penalize someone for, I guess, being honest and saying, I'm I'm gonna, I wanna be out in five years. Well, I'm gonna reward them for that. I mean, I wanna reward, so we wanna build transformational leadership. We want trust, I mean, intimate trust to be built between that manager and the technician. What we say, what for somebody to come into our program or to use our system for that matter is they've got to have, un, you just love their people. Mm. I can't teach it. There, there, there it is. I told you that was there very There it thing. is. Now so we I'm telling you everybody, these Eagle fans uh, killing me. So, but you know, they have to love their people. And if they don't love their people, I can't teach love. Right. You genuinely have to care about these because that's felt, and, and it, right? It's felt. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yep. And if you don't have that, then you shouldn't be a manager. Because guess what? As a manager, you are directly influencing those people's lives. You're affecting their lives. You're impacting their Correct. lives. Right. And if you impact it in a negative way, shame on you. Right. You're right. And shame on us as organizations for putting that person in that position. Right. It's it's really true. Like there's, you know, people will say, oh, you know, when you're working, you know, there's, there's, it's not to say being professional and being kind and compassionate. They could be this, it's very, you could be professional and compassionate mm. at the same time. Like what I always do is I'm always trying to put myself in the, in, in the position or inside of the other person. Always, you know, well, no matter what, because I, my goal is to make everyone feel comfortable in the situation. If I'm a manager, I'm a manager of six on a team. Everybody is different and everybody comes from different stages, different stages of their career, different stages of their family, different stages of their life. And I would be a terrible manager if I didn't think about that in every interaction of with Absolutely. those people. Because one person who's just out of college and just starting is approaching this job very differently than a person with a family that's been doing it for a while. They have different goals, different styles. They're going to need different kinds of breaks. They're going to they're need things. And if they know, Phil, that I know that, yep. I think that matters most, right? They know that I am thinking of that. I think it really matters. So, Chris, am I allowed to ask you questions? You can, sure. Let's go. Yeah. So, here's my question to you. When you ask that 10, when I ask that technician for the first time, 10, 5, 3, you know, Chris, where do you want to be yep. 10 years from now? Or where do you want to be 10 years from now, five years from three years from now? What do you think the answer is of the technician? I would say, wow, that's a good question. So, 10 years from now, I think they would say, I would say, I don't know. Do you get a lot of okay. I don't knows? So, uh, what do they say? So, let's say they say, I don't know for 10 years. What do you think they say? Five years from now. Five years, I want to be, I would say three years, they would say I want to be a manager. I would say five years, um, I don't, five and 10 are, 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 I would say I don't knows. Three, I would say I want to be a manager. Nope. 
Nothing? Not none of them? I have no. Their answer is I have no freaking clue. I haven't thought past tomorrow. So for all three levels, they have no idea. They have no idea. But that's, no idea. that's okay. Generally that's, speaking. That's the exercise, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, and they really don't know. Right. It's they've not, never, it's not they, that just like, Phil, let me get back it. to you tomorrow. It's like, I really don't know. They're put trying, you know, they're trying to have, you know, a, some quality of life and put food on the table. Right. And make good for their family. And, you know, they're, they're humping it every day of the week. Right. And they've never thought that far. And so. Wait, Phil, do you find that the people that actually have concrete answers to all of those 10 threes versus the people that don't, do you find the outcome of those two to be any different? Meaning like you'd rather the fact that they have no answer to the three might be better than for the people yeah. that have defined answers. Yeah, because what happens is when that manager starts, you know, working through it with them and giving them homework and having them go back. All of a sudden, that the te the technician is like, oh, my God, somebody actually cares about me. I mean, right. we want them to – if I said to that technician, who was your – you know, it's a year from now after they – you know, this is all going on. And I said to them, who is your favorite manager, you know, that you've ever worked for? It better be their current manager that they're – that is right. doing what we're asking them to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Because if it's not, then why why not? Right? That's, That's the right. immediate question, right? Why not? You know, and, and what, we, what we have found – and look, I mean – we work one-on-one -on -one with managers, but, you know, it's not going to be that. We are right now going to – we're going to change the narrative of the way service managers are developed. And whether it's going through our program by ourselves or having a company self-implement or simply reading the book. We're, you know, I'll have a book published in September. And Oh, wow. Know, Congratulations. That's amazing. That's awesome. It's way cool. And, you know, the objective here is not that somebody has to do accelerated gross profit. That's the name of our program. But it's to take the principles away and just start doing them. Mm -hmm. Start giving the managers the love that they need so that they can give their technicians the love that they need. And it's not just reading a book or taking a course. It's learning the, the tools that they need the, and, and applying the activities, the daily activities with the right cadence and executing them well and building that muscle memory. It's the application of what they learn. And that's where everybody goes wrong, Chris. I mean, we, we you know, again, we have people take courses, but they don't learn how to apply it. And it's, the, it's applying the, the learnings and doing it day in and day out to get those technicians what they need so they can be great. And then to take that 10-5-3 and there's, that's just one slice. That's one of 24 tools that a manager needs. And that's the problem. They don't know what they don't know. Right, exactly. They don't know what they're supposed they to don't be know doing they, every day. Exactly. To your they point, no to answer your question, like I have no idea. What about what about someone who says, uh, "All right, yeah, Phil, I got th these are my texts, you know, and 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 everyone, the consensus is that Chris will make a great manager. He'd make a great service manager. We really threw things out. I think blah 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 blah. But he's one of our best right now. Technicians is one of our best. So if we switch him up or remove the role, uh, what are we going to lose there? So is that short-sighted? Yeah. It's no, you find yes. someone that can excel here and you'll fill that yeah. in. There's two things that happen. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, everybody gets worried. We're going to lose our best technician. We're going to lose all this production. Right. I feel this happens on a lot of decisions where you want to, where you want to move someone up, but they need someone to do the role still. So what do you do? Or the other problem is that, you know, we look at, you know, they don't have any service managers, and they say, oh, my God, we're going to, you know, it's just overhead. They're viewing this as, you right. know, 
we're going to pay somebody, you know, 75, you know, 50,000, 75,000, whatever it is in that range that a service manager makes, generally speaking. And well, where's that money coming from? Right. And where we say it's not it billable, be if from, you will. Right. You know, kind of. Well, thing. that's right. Right. And what we know is if you if we get the right person, we'll go back to that in one second. But if we get the right person and there's a lot of right people, by the way, the majority of their technicians are the right people. OK, so so okay, if someone so, says to you, Phil, like I got nobody who can do it. You, you would say, I, I think that's bullshit. wrong. Yeah, right. It's okay. wrong. That's wrong. It's bullcrap. Right. Yeah, right. That's what we said at Cooper. Which was the genesis of this. I went to my man. We were getting ready for exponential growth. And I said, Dave, you know, who's up next? And he goes, we have nobody. I said, well, who do you think? Nobody's Nobody. capable of doing it. Yeah. And within one year, we had six people ready to go. Really? Fighting for so jobs. So then that was, that, that was like the genesis of the thing there. The way and, they they all became, and they all became great. And they're still there four years after sale. And that was one of the reasons Terminex wanted us. Yeah. Because we had this depth of right, leadership. Right, of course. We had leaders Jesus, if I saw waiting. that. I, yeah, yeah. Smart. Yeah. Very smart. You know, so yeah, the majority of people probably can make great managers, and it, but it may not be the best technician. Right. Not necessarily. Right, you're saying it's the right person, and you, you think that in my on a team of techs, there are plenty there. They just you know there's two things they need to have. One... They have to be, you know, they can't be stupid. I mean, there are some stupid people in this world. They've got to have, you know, they got to be able to learn. So they don't have to be, you know, a rock star learner, but they've got to have a desire to learn, the desire to get better. Most people have that, most. They have to be able to love their people. So that rules out a few. Not everybody wants to how love. Do you, how, do you, how do you train someone on identifying whether or not they can care for another? Is you that- don't. You, you just as a you feel see like it through other, actions. You see, right. So we actually will take, you know, so when companies come to us and say, we don't know who's up next, we'll take four people, four technicians, and we'll put them through eight weeks of just some classes and activities. And what we're just seeing is aptitude. Are they listening? Are they learning? You know, can they absorb the information and then go do the activities and apply? Do they listen? Yeah. Are they excited? Yeah. And that's what we're looking for in eight weeks. And that'll sift out. We'll figure out, you know, of the four, one usually will stand out. And then another one will be probably, you know, a little bit more work and is a little bit more clay. And there's probably one that maybe could do it. And there's one that isn't. And it doesn't always work out quite that way. But more often than not, you'd be shocked. It usually works out that way. And so, you know, the first one you is ready to go. And the other right. one you start working on so slowly. So you're working on, yep. The backfill. Because you're going to need another one, yep. Yeah. Right. And then of those four, and then that person that's identified then goes into, you know, our program. And if, you know, they're doing it through us, they're going through it's 24 months and people go, oh, my God, two years. We're going to take two years to get a manager developed. And my answer is no. You're going to see you're going to see results in 16 weeks and you're going to see it. Right. But is an ongoing component or not? That's right. Because it's space learning. I mean, there's a lot to learn. Right. To really do it. But, you know, what the coolest part is. Chris, is that is return on investment because nobody, everybody, you know, it's, if we're going to spend all this time, there better be a return. We know, and we can show it, we show it through metrics, that if you're doing this, the team will, their net margin, their gross margin will move two to four points. Mm -hmm. And for the average company, that's 50 grand to 100 grand a year per service manager's team. 
Right. Would so you that, want, that, right. So would that you want your up, margin right. to move up? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Would you, I yeah, Every day would. of the week. Yeah, of course. And if you were investing twenty grand into that manager, and you could move margin for that team by fifty to one hundred thousand dollars, would it's you? No, do it's it? a no-brainer, right? I mean, why wouldn't you? Oh, do and that? by the way, that manager also is going to have people waiting for jobs on their team. There, there, there will be no right. Like I want to be on his. Te- I want to be on her team. Right, right, right. Right. And so, where what what is our industry face right now? You know, we don't have enough people. Because right. we can't get yep. our work done. Yep. And you can't we, keep well, people. Yep. Well, no, that doesn't happen. Because if your manager's loving. Right. But that's what you're saying. That, that That's how you fix, not fix, but that's how every, unaddress every, the problem. Don't ever let them leave. The right. Because they have no reason to want to leave because I'm with yeah, him. And, I, that's right. One of my favorite reads is a book that was um, written by um, Richard Haddon, which is Contented Cows Still Give Better Milk. <laughs> and, you know, that's it's 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 it's, you know, they it's one of the best reads out there because, you know, it, it starts with your people. So. And, so, Phil, when in your now, I mean, you, you must have these data points like w- what size or at what stage is a, of a company should start to look at this and, and they come to you and your business and say, we need help. Like, are, do you say you got to be a certain size? You got to have a certain team. You got to be a certain size. Like when, when is the appropriate time to really do this? Is it best to do it from the very beginning or do you want to wait till you have some form? When you have two or three technicians. Yeah. So early. Yeah. Why early. not? Why not? Because, I guess. Right. Well, that's right. So if you have two or three technicians, so what we know is that every, the, the basic math that we use is for every technician, you should be spending about five hours of time a week making them great. So if I have three technicians, that's 15 hours. And if your manager is working, let's say, a 40-hour week, that leaves 24, 25 hours for route, for, you know, route work and 15 hours a week for managing. And you know, that's if they're working a 40-hour week. It's unlikely that they're working 40. They're probably working closer to 45 to 50 and, you know, it's funny. And what we also see in the smaller companies is a lot of these supervisors are paid hourly still, which blows my mind. And they're working 40 hours, which also blows my mind. You know, a typical service manager, it's a 50-hour week and it's a salaried position with some incentives. And But I don't care one way or another. But if if I can make those ser- those technicians pay for themselves, all the work that I'm not doing in that 15 hours is absorbed by those other three technicians. Right. It's that simple. Yeah. And not only absorbed, they're doing more because their productivity goes up, their happiness goes up, their customer happiness scores of their customers goes up, their people that they're referring into the company, by the way, we expect every technician to refer in two people a year if it's working. At minimum, minimum of two. Wait, say that one more time. And you expect every te- every go ahead, say it again. Technician, yep. to refer two of their people, friends, yep. family, or some they're going to find every year. So and you're I saying you're th- saying if you create that environment where that technician loves it, it wants to be there. Why wouldn't they, or why shouldn't they bring two people in? Right. That's the I call logic. That the asset test. It's if if they're not bringing in two, then they really don't feel the love. Right. Exactly. And you go to the manager that, for that. That's you go, the, That's right. Right. Yep. That's the measure of the manager. How you know? I mean, I'm talking real metrics. I'm not talking like correct. Oh, you know, you're you're yeah. This isn't just oh, I think this is like no. Look at these numbers. That's right. So if I have three technicians and they referred in six people, the likelihood is that three of them will be you know will sift through the interview process, and I don't need and unless you know, you know that company is if there are people that are loving it that much. They don't need to hire three a year. 
Right. They're going to have people waiting. Right. Oh, and then and then the manager's job is to keep those people that they had those people that they interviewed that already have jobs that can't come in now, right, and keep them engaged. Yeah, and when they're they just need waiting. Them. They're just right. like when when a position comes up, you know, it's like all they have to do is a background check, I and mean, right. everything is ready to go. Which is the exact opposite of the phenomenon right now. What's going on, right? The, right now, That's it's right. like where do I find them? I can't. I don't know where to go. I, every single person, Phil, that I've talked to so far in this show, it always it comes up at some point. It comes up hiring, retaining talent. It comes up all the time. It always is coming up. So this is not. This isn't going away. So why not it's create never a, going away. Right, why not create a place and an environment where people want to come to you and are waiting to come to you rather than you trying to always find someone to come to you? Chris, I mean, go outside of field service. I also am an EOS implementer, and I was talking to one of my clients this morning, which is a private equity real estate firm, a company called First National Realty Partners in New Jersey. And they went from, in the last 18 months, from 34 employees to 150. Now, it's not field service, but you know, how is it that the, they don't have a problem finding talent in a market where nobody can find anybody, where this morning I had to wait a half hour in a restaurant that was only a quarter filled because they had no servers to serve us. I mean, this is, but how does that company do that? And the reason they do it is because they do exactly what we've been talking about for the last half hour. I mean, they love their people and their people love that company. And all they do is bring more great talent into that company. And they're growing at this crazy clip you know, and, and they're just banging it. And, you know, you just need to, but we're saying, okay, let's, you know, on a, on a service level, you know, field service company where the lifeblood is that technician base, the people in the field. Yeah. So, you know what, let's just focus and let's dial in on that. And if we can solve that problem, it makes life a lot easier for a field service company. Yep. You know, yeah. Let, let me ask you this question um, um, because you have the experience in it and, I, and people that have done it, um, I always ask because um, nowadays people I, I talk to that get into field service, whether it's pest or it's lawn or something, they get into it, they start up a shop, they want to grow it and their goal is to sell it. Like some, you know, some, mm. some are legacy. Some people have it in their family. Some want to keep it there. Some want to have this for long, but some want to get in. Maybe it's their second up, second crack at business. Maybe they mm. retire. They, whatever they want to go and they want to flip, want to build a business and sell it. And this is going on in the space. Obviously right now it's happening. It's always happened. And the question I ask is, and, and, and in my previous, my previous life and career, I, I've sold a business and I remember, I remember that process and I didn't go into the business thinking I was going to sell it. So that's my question to you is if you think that's your end game and you're out and you say, I'm going in this to build a profitable, nice business to sell, do you go in with a different approach as you would if you were just going to start a business and while hoping to make some money? Or is your advice, no, you just run a good business and the end game will find you? Or is it a different approach in how you would advise a business in that way? The best advice I ever received was you build your business to sell it. That doesn't mean you're going to sell it. That means if you build your business to sell it, what you're trying to do is create the greatest value. Right. And if you can get your valuation up, then you're going to have a solid business. That means having great process, you know, that you, that you have, you, you, you know, you have this great vision and you know exactly where you're going, that you've got great people and you've got this really strong leadership team and you have built to scale. And if you're, and if you do all those things, then business becomes more fun because it's not as headache driven. And so, you know, the, the smartest people in this world build their companies always, always that they, could sell it 
But that doesn't mean you're, you know, if I want legacy and I want to keep it in the family for four generations, I should build it the same way. Right. I mean, why would you, why would you not? Right. I see what you're saying. Like what, you know, like if you build a sound business that you, that you can sell, then it'll be a sound business for you to keep and the, run right through generations. So the what? only, the only difference I would say is, you know, maybe, you know, if, if you're trying to build it, to, if you're, if you're truly looking to sell, then I might want to drive revenue faster and I might have to, you know, I might drive more cash into the business so I can 10 exit. Right. But the systems and the underlying principles should, I don't see any difference. But, you know, what you're seeing now is, I mean, I, I, I love watching the industry right now. Every paradigm is totally being broken. And you're, we, I had this discussion this morning um, with one of my great broker friends, Lance Tullius. And, you know, Lance, I was saying to Lance, you know, what you're seeing right now is companies growing at exponential rates that we just never saw before because – they there's different way they're just approaching it differently and you're seeing companies come on the scene and get to 10 million 20 million 30 million like that mm-hmm. and and they're and they you know so if you're building it to sell you might accelerate that correct but you're still but you're still maximizing value so correct. i think there are some different approaches right but 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 the so the, the process is interesting to me because i I'll, I'll never forget that you know in conversations when when shopping being able to demonstrate a process and a le- like, you know, obviously there's a financial component to it, obviously, but th- how you're staffed, how you're built, can you sustain, can you scale and continue to grow and what you have, you know, they, it's one thing if you're handing somebody something that's taped together and this company now wants to take it and build them out. But if you have it all done and it's processed nice and you can, you can scale, it's much yeah. more desirable. Why wouldn't it be more desirable? Right. But process is the key to that piece. Yeah. I think if you went and asked any of the industry, you know, in the, in the pest control, industry, you know, you've got Dan Gordon and, you know, Stuart Oust and Paul Gianamore and, you know, and again, you know, who I just mentioned, Lance, you know, if you ask any of them, they're going to give you all the same, they're going to give you the same answer every day of the week from a broker perspective. You know, building value is about process and depth. Companies want, you know, the revenue is great, but if they can, they see a company that, you know, really has all those other things down, the value goes up. Right. Right. It's not just that top not top number. It's not just about that revenue number. I know it matters, yeah, but I, but you know, on your X it matters, but it, it, you really want to you want to look beyond which, that, right? Which which goes back to, you know, what we, you know, goes back to the man, you know, again to that field service. I mean, again, I think that's where the paradigm changes. You know, we can we can show things and and you know, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, um if I'm looking at the time just to 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 begin to close this uh conversation if if I'm listening to this, and I'm like, all right, give me Phil, give me, give me the, give me the one liner, give me a, give me the soundbite that I need. So Phil, like, I, I, what do I need to do? I'm in here. I'm trying to run this business. I'm trying to. This is my year. 2023 would be the year, hopefully, for your Eagles and my business. And I want to crush it this year. What am I doing? If you had to give me that one thing, what are you saying to me right now? I want you to focus on your service managers. I want you to take, you know, and you know, look at that level and say, you know, what. What can we do for them? I want you to, you know, and then as the year progresses, as we, you know, as this, you know, this book comes out, read it, digest it, change your paradigm, change, change the way you're approaching how you're managing the, the people, you know, how your technicians are being managed. And, and, and there's, you know, then there's just easy steps to take and yeah. And greatness is going to happen. Where can they find out more before we close? Where can I go to find out more information about your system and what, what you have to, what you were just talking about? 
So if they go out to um, ev- you know um, there'll be a learn more. Okay. Um, you know, we'll be putting out there, you know, a pre-sign up for the book when it comes out. Um, okay. You know, so evolve YT. If you're YT. watching, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see on Phil's shirt, he's got the logo right there. E V O L V E Y T. dot com. Um, I want to thank Phil. Phil, thanks so much, man. For are you are you down there right now? Is that where you are? You're in you're in Arizona right now, or where are you? So I'm in, I'm in Arizona at um at some pest control associated pest uh, meetings. Okay. And, and uh, then you're going to be journeying over to the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah, and we, uh, we'll be we'll be uh, be hardcore on Sunday. Hardcore. It's on a long. It is. It's it is a long, long week, Chris. Let I, me tell I, you. I imagine it's a long week. I hope it ends. Hope it ends nicely for you. Um, but um, I just want to. Um, so thank you for doing this, man, and uh, everybody out there listening. Make sure you go to befieldfamous.com to learn more information and tell your friends to subscribe. Apple Podcast, Spotify, and remember, your success is fame worthy. Come tell your story, Phil, my friend. It's a pleasure meeting with you and talking with you. And I, I, I'm going to say, Thanks, I hope your Eagles do it, even though inside it's killing me to say that. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. <laughs>